there are so many things that make you unique the way you smile walk how you express yourself what you value your thoughts ideas and opinions but there's something about each one of us that no one else in the world has and that can help uniquely identify each one of us and that is our fingerprints no two fingerprints are alike there's no one in the world past present or future that has fingerprints matching yours according to the most recent united nations estimate there are 7.9 billion people in the world and each of the 7.9 billion people have unique fingerprints there is 1 in 64 billion chance that your fingerprint will match up exactly with someone else's fingerprints are even more unique than dna although identical twins can share the same dna they can't have the same fingerprints in today's episode we will learn about fingerprints what they are why they are unique and how their uniqueness can be put to use So what is a fingerprint? A fingerprint is a trace of a human finger left on any surface. The tips of human fingers have small structures on them like mountains and valleys or protrusions and depressions called papillary ridges. And fingerprints are the impression made by these ridges on any surface. Because they are unique, fingerprints are a foolproof way to identify every single human being. In fact, the ridge arrangement on every finger of every human being is unique and does not alter with growth or age. And so with the help of fingerprints, we can find out the true identity of a person even if they deny who they are, they change their name or appearance or look different because of age or plastic surgery. Injuries such as superficial burns, abrasions or cuts do not affect the ridge structure as it does not change the dermal papillae. which is the innermost layer of the skin and the original pattern is duplicated in the new skin that grows an injury that destroys the dermal papillae will permanently de- destroy the ridges now any ridged area of the hand or foot may also be used as identification but finger impressions are preferred because they can be taken with minimum time and effort fingerprints aren't just for decoration Because of the raised skin patterns on our fingertips and palms we are able to hold on to things the ridges of the skin help you get a grip on objects that you are trying to grasp without them things would just slide right out of your hands did you know fingerprints develop even before babies are born so how does this happen and why are fingerprints unique When the child is in the mother's womb very early in the fetal development lumps of stem cell tissues called volar pads grow under the skin on each finger Volar pads are basically raised tissue on the fingertips Now around week 10 the volar pads stop growing but the hands continue to grow So due to this over the next few weeks the volar pad is absorbed back into the hand At this stage the first signs of ridges begin to appear on the skin of the volar pads Whether the volar pad is small or big or off to the side or grows unevenly determines the main pattern of the fingerprint And there are four basic patterns 
an arch, a wall, a loop or a very interesting and exciting double loop wall. Loops begin on one side of the finger, curve around or upward and exit on the other side. Whorls form a circular spiral pattern. Arches slope upward and then down like very narrow mountains. Have a look at your fingertips and figure out what pattern is there on each of the fingers. Now because of your volar pad size and orientation is somewhat genetic, many relatives and most identical twins have the same main patterns on each finger. And so DNA alone isn't where the uniqueness of fingerprint comes from. Instead, it comes from the chaotic way in which the fingerprints grow. It is possible to have just one, two or all three pattern types among your 10 fingerprints. The important thing to remember about pattern types is that an individual cannot be identified from fingerprints by pattern types alone. To make an identification, one must look to the next level of detail, which is the specific path of the ridges and the breaks or forks in the ridges known as minutiae. So let's learn more about that. On top of volar pads, the skin has several layers of cell. Epidermis or the outermost layer, basal the middle layer and dermis the innermost layer. Now these layers are all growing at different rates. And as the inner layer grows, the middle layer folds or bulges causing ridges to form in the upper layer. And as the ridge lines grow, they sometimes run into one another, resulting in either a block or a split. The details of precisely where on the finger those ridge lines meet up and whether each one gets turned into a dead end or a fork is determined by a bunch of different factors like how nerves and capillaries grow in the layer below the skin, fluid pressure changes in the womb and even which direction the finger is pointed relative to gravity. And because they are chaotic enough and unpredictable differences on each of these, whether a given ridge becomes a dead end or a fork is essentially random, even for babies that develop in the same womb. The average person has around 50 forks or dead ends at different places on each fingerprint. Even if you oversimplify things and just think of each of these points as an independent coin flip between a fork and dead end, there are more than a quadrillion different possibilities for fingerprints, which is basically 2 to the power of 50, 5, 0. So my left thumbprint and all my fingerprints and all your fingerprints are all pretty much mathematically guaranteed to be unique, to be the only ones in the world. Now here's an interesting fact. While very, very rare, some people are born without fingerprints. Fingerprinting is one form of biometrics. It is a science that uses people's characteristics to identify them. Many people think that the use of fingerprints for identification is a fairly new approach. But that isn't true. Archaeologists, that is scientists who study history by digging up artifacts and bones, have found that people in ancient Babylon used fingerprints. Babylonians who lived thousands of years ago put their fingerprints on clay tablets to identify the author of cuneiform writings and to protect against forgery. The Chinese first used handprints to identify criminals. 
Records from around 200 BC in China show that handprints were used as evidence during burglary investigations. But interest in modern fingerprint identification dates from 1880 when the British scientific journal Nature published letters by Englishmen Henry Falls and William James Herschel. These two gentlemen first said that fingerprints are unique and are permanent that is they don't change over the life of an individual. Now there's a small India connection here and I always get very excited and proud when India or Indians play a role in anything of significance. Now William Herschel was working as the chief magistrate of the Hooghly district in Jugnipur India in 1858. And in order to reduce fraud, he had the residents record their fingerprints when signing business documents. And a few years later, Scottish doctor Henry Falls was working in Japan when he discovered fingerprints left by artists on ancient pieces of clay. And this finding inspired him to begin investigating fingerprints. And in 1880, Falls wrote to his cousin, the famed naturalist Charles Darwin, and asked for his help with developing a fingerprint classification system. But Darwin declined. and he forwarded the letter to his cousin sir francis galton it was sir francis galton who did some experiments and proved what the other two gentlemen said basically that fingerprints are unique and permanent and it was this scientist galton who suggested the first elementary system for classify, classifying fingerprints based on grouping the patterns into arches loops and walls Sir Edward Henry the chief commissioner of the London Metropolitan Police soon became interested in using fingerprints to nab criminals and he used Galton's system for the fingerprint classification This was later introduced at Scotland Yard in 1901 and the first fingerprint bureau was established The following year fingerprints were presented as evidence for the first time in English courts And in 1903 the New York state prisons adopted the use of fingerprints followed later by the FBI The system was adopted immediately by law enforcement agencies in all the English speaking countries of the world and is now the most widely used method of fingerprint classification Unfortunately the system was very cumbersome and time consuming When fingerprints came in detectives would have to compare them manually with the fingerprints on file for a specific criminal the process would take hours or even days and didn't even always produce a match but by the 1970s computers were in existence and the fbi knew that it had to automate the process of classifying searching for and matching fingerprints the japanese national police agency established the first electronic fingerprint matching system in the 1980s the automated fingerprint identification system or afis eventually enabled police around the world to cross check a print with millions of fingerprint records almost instantaneously fingerprint identification is called the science of dactyloscopy the fingerprints left by people on objects that they have touched can either be visible or latent visible prints may be left behind by substances that stick to the fingers such as dirt or blood or they may be an impression made in a soft substance such as clay latent fingerprints are traces of sweat oil or other natural secretions on the skin
these prints can't be seen with the naked eye but they can be made visible using dark powder lasers or other light sources and police officers can lift these latent prints with tape or take special photographs of them latent fingerprints can be made visible by dusting techniques when the surface is hard and by chemical techniques when the surface is porous the latent impressions are preserved as evidence either by photography or by lifting powdered prints on the adhesive sur surfaces of tape the practice of using fingerprints as a means of identification is a very important tool that helps police in solving crime fingerprints provide police with extremely strong physical evidence tying suspects to evidence uh, or crime scenes here's an example of a 30 year old criminal case in america being solved with the help of fingerprints The FBI's Integrated Automated Fingerprint Identification System or IFS stores known records for approximately 73 million criminals. It is used daily by local, state, tribal and international law enforcement for current cases. But increasingly it is also used for help in solving cold cases as well. So one such case is what I'm going to talk about. So here's the crime. In 1978 61-year-old Carol Bonnet was stabbed to death in his apartment. Police collected evidence including latent fingerprints and palm pr pr prints from the victim's bathroom. The police officers believed that the killer was trying to wash off blood and other evidence before leaving the apartment. And the victim's car was stolen. As a result of the investigation back then, the car was found in Illinois. but after collecting additional latent prints investigators couldn't find any new leads the crime scene evidence was processed and latent prints recovered from the scene and the car was searched against local and state fingerprint files in fact investigators also sent fingerprint requests to agencies outside the state nebraska but no matches were returned and the case went cold remember back then things were not computerized and there was no central database of all criminal fingerprints available then in late 2008 the police department received an inquiry on the case so technician laura casey searched the prints against the ifs which didn't exist back in 1978 and in less than 5 hours ifs returned possible a uh, possible match with jerry watson who was serving time in an illinois prison on burglary charges the case was officially reopened and assigned to doug herout herout then reviewed the original evidence from the case including a classified advertisement flyer with jerry w scribbled on one of the pages herout also discovered that jerry watson had lived only a few blocks from where the victim's car was recovered and the discovery was made just in time because watson was just days away from being released from prison and herout then traveled to the prison to question watson and presented him with an order to obtain a dna sample testing determined that watson's dna matched the dna recovered at the crime scene a finding that combined with watson's identified prints resulted in murder charges and a conviction On October 17, 2011, 33 years to the day that Bonnet's body was discovered, his killer was sentenced to life in prison. It is yet another example of the vital role that technology plays in getting dangerous criminals 
of our streets nowadays our fingerprints are serving an entirely new purpose each of your fingerprints is one of a kind and each of your passwords must be unique too so that's why today fingerprints are quickly replacing passwords as the most popular method of securing our devices thanks to the endorsement of tech giants like apple and samsung after all why bother to remember a password when you can simply use your finger without having to remember a thing also a fingerprint seems more secure after all no two individuals have the same fingerprint in 2011 motorola released a phone called the atrix which was the first phone to include a fingerprint reader Two years later, in 2013, Touch ID was incorporated into the Apple 5s, and has since been incorporated in every new generation of the iPhone. Fingerprint recognition software is not limited to Apple phones either. iPads, laptops, and even the Starbucks app are also allowing consumers to get rid of cumbersome passwords and replace them with the fingerprint identification. Hope you learned something new today people. Do post your feedback on the podcast app, Facebook or send an email to fiastrivia@gmail.com. If there is any particular subject that you would like to know about, let me know and I will try my best to create an episode on that. So enjoy the holidays and I will connect with you next year with many more interesting topics. Until then, so long, farewell.